Am I Reister or am I wrong? I'm probably Reister, but if not, absolutely leave a comment. The NFL's arrogance regarding the coronavirus is coming back to bite them in the ass. Every other sports league has either modified or shortened their schedule to deal with the inevitable interruptions, but the NFL is treating it like another opponent that they could defeat and putting out a terrible product. A woman kicked in college football for Vanderbilt, Sarah Fuller, and male egos were actually fractured all over the place, and it makes no sense. The NBA is establishing another anonymous tip line for people who are violating their protocols for the season upcoming. And if I were an NBA player, I would absolutely be snitching. Nate Robinson, former NBA player, got knocked out by Jake Paul, the YouTuber. But after you finish laughing, you should be applauding him because he is the man in the arena. Mike Tyson, his personal growth and evolution is one of the most amazing things that you will see in the world. And he's been able to keep our attention for over 30 years. It's crazy. And my parting shot, college football games by power five teams should not be played on Friday nights. Weird stuff happens. Leave it to the group of five and the FCS teams. Am I Reister or am I wrong is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the absolute truth. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, fire. Facts only here. Make sure you check your feelings at the door. No BS is allowed because I keep it 100. Make sure that you leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. And subscribe and tell a friend, send it to him, email it, however it is, because the podcast, this is the stuff that people really don't want you to hear. Um, and if you want to get a hold of me, shoot me an email, gwpodcast at unafraidshow.com. And of course, subscribe, download, and share. The NFL, their arrogance surrounding the coronavirus is coming back to bite them in the ass. Every other league modified their schedule. They shortened their season. They made all sorts of accommodations. College football, conference only. NBA's playing in a bubble. Hockey's playing in a bubble. WNBA, MLS. Everybody changed it. But the NFL said, no, 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 we're the, we're, we're the biggest, baddest. Like COVID was a, a, uh, a, an opponent that they could defeat. Well, yesterday, you end up having the Denver Broncos. Like, every other team has had to play shorthanded, whatever. But, yes, they've had to postpone games, but they didn't have to cancel any. But over the weekend, we saw with Thanksgiving, the Steelers-Ravens game, which was supposed to be one of the primetime games of the entire football season, gets pushed back. It gets pushed back to Tuesday, and now we find out it might not even be played. You realize how ridiculous that that is. It doesn't even like the the NFL should have should have created a shortened schedule to 12 to 14 games. That way you could have additional bye weeks. So now the Steelers don't have a bye week. And one of the primetime games got canceled marquee games of the entire season. You also have 
the Broncos playing without any quarterbacks, no quarterbacks at all, no quarterbacks. But the question is, why were are these games, the Steelers-Ravens game, if it's played, and the Broncos game with no quarterback, that made it completely uncompetitive with the Saints. Taysom Hill, who's a gimmick quarterback, couldn't didn't he couldn't mess it up because the other team couldn't even they could had more uh, interceptions in two than completions the entire game. So should the game have been played? This is a critical thing that people aren't talking about because there was a lot of people talking about. Okay, well the the Broncos should forfeit. The Steelers should forfeit. I'm sorry, the Ra- the Ravens should forfeit. Well, the problem with the forfeit is the players would be absolutely outraged about a um, about a forfeit because no for if there's a forfeit, the players don't get paid. Players don't get paid if there's a forfeit, and you have a good percentage of the players on the team who are in staff who are doing the right things. But in the Ravens' case. They had a strength and conditioning coach not doing the right things. He absolutely violated protocols. Multiple people got sick. They have up to 12 players out. The Broncos have no quarterbacks, but the players want their coins. That's why in the case of the Ravens, when they violated protocols, I said that they should be, that they should, if the game has to be forfeited, that the Ravens should be responsible for the Steelers players' salaries. Yep, that could be up to $15 million. That's not my problem, homie. That's not my problem. Uh, You should have been following protocols. But the league has actually started to, like they have given teams a slap on the wrist. This week, they finally put some teeth to it because finding teams $250,000, that's nothing considering that their payroll alone is over $200 million. When you consider everything, that's nothing. That's a drop in the bucket. So what they did this week, though, is Saints got fined $500,000 for their postgame celebration. Uh, and they got docked a seventh round draft pick. That's where teams are going to start taking it seriously because it's not the money. It's the draft picks that are more valuable than anything else to these teams. So that's why it has to be that like teams have to lose draft picks if you want them to follow the protocols because they're not doing it. They're not doing a good job of doing it at this point in time. Uh, The next thing up, a woman named Sarah Fuller, she kicked in a college football game for Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt just sucked so bad that that they didn't even get in field goal range, so we didn't get a chance to see a field goal. But she squib kicked intentionally, and people lost their damn mind. Squib kick went about 25, 30 yards at, well, actually like 35, 40 yards as it's, as it was supposed to. And everybody, Oh, look at how terrible this is. I talked to a NFL kicker, a very good NFL kicker. This dude said, if you are a soccer goalie, you normally kick the ball very far. One of the furthest kickers on the team, most kick power that this lady should be able to make a 40 yard field goal. Should be in terms of leg power wise. So that means that she can kick the ball on a kickoff further than that. It was intentional. But male egos absolutely just went crazy. Oh, look at this. Uh, you had idiots like Jason Whitlock asking, 
Oh, did, did, did they choose the best possible person? Did, why didn't they try to get a Vanderbilt male soccer player instead of a woman soccer player? Because Vanderbilt doesn't have a male uh, soccer team. That's the first thing. The, the second reason is because the players within the athletic department are already being tested for COVID and having uh, COVID protocols. So then you can transfer one player from one sport to another without potentially risking an outbreak for your team. It's simple. Uh, Vanderbilt didn't have a kicker. They need a kicker. They found a kicker. It's very simple. Sarah, Fuller, Sarah Fuller's not the first one, and she's not the last. There have been uh, Tanya Butler, uh, April Gross, uh, Tony Harris, Liz Heaston. There's been a bunch of who have participated in college. But this actually sent people in a tizzy, and I couldn't understand fully why. I was like, why is this a big deal to men? So big a deal. It's a kicker. Oh, well, what do, What if she gets hurt? Dude, kickers, first of all, she's 6'2". She's bigger than some of the kickers in college football. And the second thing is, have you ever seen a kicker? What do they do when anybody runs at them? Kickers would die in a pillow fight. That, I mean, they literally just stand there just hoping nothing bad happens and the other people tackle them and they get in the way. They're not actually out there to do anything. Punters occasionally will get in, the, get in the way and get in the mix up a little bit. But kickers, no. No. I And if I would feel just as uh, bad about her getting run over as I do a regular kicker being run over. You're out there. That's not my problem. Play the game. Um, the next thing up. The NBA, when they return to action on December 22nd, they are not going to be in a bubble. They are going to be playing in their home stadiums. And when they're playing in their home stadiums, players are going to have the responsibility of following their pro COVID protocols. We saw that players like Daniel House and Lou Williams couldn't even do it in the bubble. Couldn't even do it in a bubble. So, what does the NBA do? They're like, all right, cool. We are going to establish the uh, a hotline to report potential violations of safety protocols during in-market play during this season. And I'm going to tell you this. If I were an NBA player and I knew somebody violated protocols, I'm snitching. I'm calling them and I'm going to look like a Karen on the phone. Like, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo. Come get LeBron over here. Come get Daniel House. Come get whoever. Because of two reasons. Only two reasons. Not because I'm a snitch in normal practices. However, there is two problems. First thing, a couple of bad decisions by some players can lead to missed games or the season being shut down if outbreaks happen. That's the first thing. So that means... If you are getting in the way of my season, which means you're getting in the way of my money, my money is how I pay my mortgage, is how I take care of my kids, how I give myself a head start in my future. So if you're playing with my money, I'm playing with your play. That's just a fact, bro. Like if, if you are doing something that is going to risk my livelihood. Risk this good life I have, risk my family, risk my coins. Then guess what? That, that you're you're on your own. You made this decision yourself. I didn't make this for you. 
I'm a person who, yes, I will play around in the margins, but when there are certain things, you just have to just follow the rules. You have to just follow them. There's no way around it. And in this case, I remember my dad told me this. You never get, you never mess with a man's money, his food, or his woman, because you can die over all three of those. And if you are a player who's violating protocols, you are messing with my, you're, you're messing with my food, you're messing with my money, and you're messing with my woman. You mess with all three of those things. So I'm not going to kill you, but you know what I am going to do? I'm going to call the snitch hotline on you and feel great sleeping at night about it. Um, the next thing up, uh, Mike Tyson, iron Mike Tyson, who his evolution as a person is absolutely one of the most amazing things that you will ever see. Few people have been able to capture our attention, our hearts and our minds and just anything for decades upon decades which is what Mike Tyson has been able to do. He's a cultural phenomenon. When he was a boxer, I mean, you could feel his presence through the TV when he came in the black shoes, the white towel, the black trunks. It was like ominous. It was like impending danger. You were watching it. You were watching somebody go in there to go destroy other human beings. And we like it because we're a gladiator society. But few people have been able to capture that because he goes from Mike Tyson then goes to jail for, for rape, comes out of jail, comes to come fight, bites a man's ear, uh, has a basically public meltdown, has a child die. I mean, just, and then he goes to be a phenomenon with, with, with the hangover, with the tattoo on his face. He started face tattoos, really, to going on to evolving, to having a one-man show, which was very entertaining. His podcast now is very entertaining. This is a man who has captured our hearts and minds. And he just showed his growth after he fought Roy Jones Jr. And Roy Jones was looking like the the white dude from the great white hype when he said, I'm not, yeah, I am in shape. I'm round. Mike Tyson from the videos leading up to the fight, you knew that he was about that action. He was about that action. He still has that hunger and you know how hard he worked to be ready for that fight. And everybody was pointing to the fight was absolutely an amazing spectacle, great exhibition, all of that. But the thing that I took from it was his interviews leading up to it and his interviews after it. So he was able, he's grown to this person who can turn off, turn off the fury, turn off the rage and be uh, introspective and wise out in the world. He's gone from a pit bull without a leash to being a wise man out in the world. And I have to applaud Mike Tyson for that because it's like only few people have been able to capture our hearts and minds like that. Like OJ still, if he does anything, people are going to pay attention regardless of whether you like him, hate him, anything like that. Donald Trump, same way. Oprah, The Rock. Like these are people who get dominated out. Michael Jackson dominate cultural phenomena, even in life, death, any of that. Prince, people care. They want to know what's going on. And if they do it, people are going to pay attention. Good, right, wrong, or indifferent. 
And I'm all in on Mike, Mike Tyson. I thought that the way that he's become an emotional human being, like recognizing his flaws and his faults and where he wrong and try to help other people, bro, what are, what are we doing here? If Mike Tyson can do it, we all can do it. Um, on that same card though, Nate Robinson got knocked the hell out. Nate Robinson got beat by a YouTuber in Jake Paul. And he talked cash, trash, all of that. And I would tell you this. Nate Robinson got knocked out, but he should be applauded when you finish laughing because he's the man in the arena. If you don't know what the man in the arena is, I'll read it to you. It's part of a speech from Theodore Roosevelt in uh, April 23rd, 1910. And he says, it's not the critic who counts because we can all be, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives vigilantly, who errs and who becomes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasm, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. So that so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who never knew victory nor defeat. And boxing is like that. Boxing is hard. You're in there all by yourself. So while, yeah, it is funny. He talked all the trash. He got knocked out. But he was in shape. And he had the courage to get in there in the arena. So I applaud Nate Robinson. I'm also laughing because it is funny. Knockouts are funny. So it was the same thing with Pacquiao and everywhere else. But he has to be applauded. Because a lot of us, if we really dig deep down in our soul, really wouldn't have gotten that ring really wouldn't put it on the line because that's one of the potential outcomes the last thing up on the right or wrong today is power five college football games should not be played on fridays yes i'm a little bit bitter because my ducks lost again on friday to an oregon to an inferior oregon state team but oregon state was a better team clearly because the better teams win um and that led me to every time you have, well, not every time, but the majority of time, you have Friday night football games in college of power five games. Weird things happen. Weird results happen because you're not supposed to be playing on Friday night. You're not even supposed to be playing on Thursday night if you're a college football team. That's why keep the weekday games to Maction, the MAC conference to the Sunbelt Conference, and to other group of five teams like the AAC, let Memphis, Houston, South Florida, and whoever else play on Friday nights. Stop doing it, Pac-12. Stop agreeing to this. Um, the, the ratings and the viewership isn't there the same way either. Stop doing it. Don't let these TV networks just bully you into that. Am I Reister or am I wrong? 
I'm probably Reister, but if not, absolutely leave a comment. But most importantly, share the podcast with a friend. Tell somebody about it. Peace out. Catch you guys on Wednesday.